When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal and Andy Bernard. And we'll be right back. Of course, car selling secrets in the second hour. First hour, Don Winslow has written a book. We'll talk to him. And of course, Timmy Lammers will join us right after this with the family. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Oh, well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? And I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Is that the music? The music is the Walzer spot. Oh, that's right. We've got to do a Walzer spot. <laughs> you know, I, I, the one thing I wanted to ask you about. We're the last advertiser. Can you turn me up a little bit, Andy? The last oh, yeah, one? There you go. Down because, uh, L.A. Nick. Nick has a tendency to crank <coughs> hey, his head up so high like that, that they feed back. <laughs> Italians from New Jersey and Philadelphia, Bob and L.A. Nick. What does that tell you? I know it. Hey, Dab! It's like, oh, God. All right, so here's I, here's a thought that I had. Since he brings it up all the time about how long your spots are, I think what I'm going to have Andy do is cut one second off of every Michael Bryant spot <laughs> every week. So, like, six months from now, there'll be 30-second 30 sp- 30 spots. <laughs> Didn't you tell the story about a guy that was jacked with one of his neighbors when he got a new car? He was bragging about what? Great, great gas mileage you got. And he it kept was Buddy Hackett. Over the, oh, is that who it was? It was Buddy Hackett. He got... A guy came over, he told me he got this new car, and it's called a Volkswagen. I don't never hire a Volkswagen, but he said he gets the greatest gas mileage on earth. He doesn't know how much. So he would sneak over there every night and fill it up <laughs> with gas. And then after a couple of weeks, he went over and drained. He siphoned out all the gas every night. He goes, so after three days, a guy comes over to me, and he goes... I don't know what the hell happened. I mean, just a month ago, I'm driving around getting the usual five, six hundred miles per gallon. <laughs> yes, five, six hundred miles a gallon. That's what you're getting. Uh, oh, I tell you what, honest to God, Buddy Hackett, 
We'll talk about Buddy during the show. All right. Well, let's talk about Walzer for a little bit and see if we can sell some cars. Actually, business is not as horrible as it was three weeks ago. It's showing signs of picking up. Our used car business, we're tracking about 1,100 used car sales in Minnesota, which is, you know, in a normal month, we do 15 or 16. So it is off, but it's not falling off a cliff. No. There's some fabulous new car incentives in all the manufacturers from, I really dig Hyundai's program. If you buy or lease a new Hyundai, uh, and you lose your job, which is a bad thing, but the cool thing is Hyundai would make six months' worth of payments for you. So uh, there's 0% 84-month financing on full-size trucks. We've talked about that. You can find all this stuff at walzer.com. And in addition, for safety's sake, we came up with Walzer to use. So you can buy cars online. You can have them delivered to your house. Uh, you have a three-day return policy. So if you don't like it, you can just send it back. Send it back? Or buy a CRV. <clears throat> Which is the coolest car in the world. Does she still like it? Oh, Catherine loves her new car. Good. She loves it because of you, you, you. I'm just good at I'd probably be good at selling shoes. I can pick out the right things for people. I could be the Al Bundy of Rosemount. Mm -hmm. Put your hands down your pants and start practicing. I do that already. Remember, he sat around the couch with his hands down his pants. Typical guy. (laughs) And then hand out fives over his shoulders. The rest of the family went out the door. Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Lay your weary head to rest. <clears throat> yeah, I want to tell you something. Everybody sits around and goes, oh, I got nothing to do. I'm bored stiff. I, da, 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 da. I ran over and did, and I won't say what store it is because I don't want everybody, you know, the guy to, the people like coming after him or something, but, um, <clears throat> Not that they're coming after. I'm just talking about seek him out. But uh, I went and uh, made a purchase at a store, and the cashier. And what is that, Andy? When you can't control your body, your your body just sways from side to side. What's that called? Sways from side to side. Well, you know, he, he like he, he his head jerks around like a lot like that. Oh, it could be cerebral palsy. Or... Could have been palsy. It could have been tardive dyskinesia. It could have been severe Tourette's. Could have been a lot of things. This guy literally, I mean, he moved from side to side about three feet. His oh. head would bob back and forth. He couldn't control his arms or whatever. He's the cashier mm. and in line, and not one person in front of me nor behind me mentioned a word about it. They treated him just like everybody else, which I thought was phenomenal. That is cool. <clears throat> this guy puts himself out there, took a chance, because he could have had people ridiculing him. Yeah. yeah. You know, it could have happened. They didn't do it, though. It was just wonderful. I really hope after we're done that this is where we're headed. I really hope so. Although last time we thought the same thing in 2001 after 9-11, and it lasted about three weeks. It lasted three weeks. (laughs) Exactly. And we were back to F you. Lure me now, damn it. We got Tim on the phone. Hey, I remember that uh, Capitol Steps where the Democrats and Republicans were out doing the Pledge of Allegiance. And, you know, this is how I look. We just become jaded to this thing. And it's like I said to my wife, how long is that going to last? You know, it's yep. sad, but, it you is. know, what is it, honest to God, because obviously the deep political divide, even while this is going on, it's like, God, if we're not going to come together on all this stuff, what will make that happen? An alien invasion yeah. or something? It's going to take what a war, hell? I think. Probably a war. That's, That's probably about right. Oh, God. Well, I hope it doesn't. Yeah, you don't want it to get to that. You don't want to make that sort of sacrifice to no. get to where we should be, but my God. Yeah. It's crazy. 
Although if China keeps moving in the direction they're moving, they might be going to war if they don't watch out. The world is a little pissed off at China right now. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and North Korea is still firing them rockets, aren't they? Yes, they are. I don't know. We just keep shelling out the money, just keep pouring money into all these different places, and we just, uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's sad. And, and to, to date, they still don't have a coronavirus case, North Korea? Oh, no, they've had a bunch. <laughs> no, no, not North Korea. <laughs> no, they but not, oh, do they not now? Kim yeah. Young, uh, whatever his name is. Well, yeah, three though. or four weeks ago, there was a rumor that somebody came down with it and he had him killed. But no, they're, they're fighting the coronavirus yeah? like they almost ex- everywhere else in the world. Is. They're admitting it? I know, oh, yeah. I'm surprised. Yep. Is there anyone that not. isn't fighting it? Because um, I noticed there's even one case I in think, Greenland. I think Vietnam has surprisingly oh, really? escaped. Hmm. I don't know. Well, maybe it's uh, washed away by all the blood of the American soldiers. You think that's that could what it was? Be. Yeah, exactly. I don't that's think true. that's actually the answer, but it could be. Well, could be. You never know. Do you hear my salute to all the people that that love to call America, particularly white American men, the 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 uh, scum of the earth? Said I saw the movie 1917, and I saw the movie Midway, and I saw what white American men did. You can kiss my white ass. How about that? <laughs> Honest to God. Everybody, and look, I mean, the, obviously the Tuskegee Airmen, the legendary uh, war men, no question about it. People, there was their story about the, uh, what was the Windwalker? Was that the story about the, the wind talkers? Native- wind talkers, wind yeah, talkers. The, the, yeah. The Navajos. The Navajos, phenomenal. I think the last one of those just passed away this year. I think year. that's right, yeah. The wind talkers, that's what it is. But yeah, people of all stripes, all colors, all shapes, all the rest of it fought in these wars shoulder to shoulder. But again, once it was over, we went right back to I hate you because of your skin color. That's right. It's like, what the hell and is I, that? I don't, and the other thing is, as phenomenal as, as Midway was. Oh, I love that movie. Why was that not a hit? And, and the critics really ripped on it, too. I mean, I'm talking about the other critics. Yeah. I loved it. I watched it on a Friday night. Uh, uh, Patty, I told her, I said, well, okay, Saturday morning. We watched it. I, I watched it with her then. Again. <clears throat> and, and, you know, the, uh, um, I'm sure this happened to you, Tom, and, and Catherine mm-hmm. uh, as well. Uh, boy, once they came up with the real people at the end, oh, it God. was like Sob City, man. It was. You're absolutely right. Dick Best will always be one of my favorite that, people. That, punctuates it, you know? <clears throat> it does. You're absolutely right. I, I'll tell you why the why the critics didn't like it, because they there was no, you know, racial message. There was no sexual message and orientation. Me- there has to be messages for those dopes for them to like it. Well, you know, the interesting tell the story. thing is, and I, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but Roland Emmerich, who directed it, he actually directed Independence Day, uh-huh. and he's, he's openly gay. Right, exactly. You know, Wait, I mean... There's gay and, people that make movies? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, you know, he obviously didn't feel any need to... No. He told a story. He told a true, amazing story, and he... Actually, he's German. You know, he's not even mm-hmm. uh, American-born or anything. Right. You know, uh, so, you know, what he's interested in a human story. It doesn't matter, again, no sexual orientation, this, that, or the other thing. He told an amazing, true story without yep. putting any sort of spin yep. on it. You know? He told that particular story about Midway. There were other battles fought by black Americans, you know, Native Americans, Spanish Americans, you know, Mexicans. It was in this particular battle there just weren't a lot of people of color involved in that battle. Well, other than the Japanese. Well, yeah, but we're talking about the winners. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
What do you think of that action? Take that home with you. Timmy, I watched, I rewatched a movie and I'd forgot how good it was. This is a small indie flick from the early 90s. Have you ever seen The Search for One-Eyed Jimmy? No. No, no. So here's, let me tell you who's in the cast. All three of the Turturros, John Turturro, really? Ada, <laughs> Ada, Nick, Samuel L. has a, He's got two scenes in there and he never lights off the F-bomb. Sam Rockwell, oh, uh, Polly Walnuts, uh, and Steve Buscemi. What? It's, What's it called? It's called The Search for One-Eyed Jimmy, and it's funnier than hell. Is it it's, a mob movie? No, no. With all those guys, it's not a no, mob movie? It's, so the story is what the uh, hell? Sam Rockwell uh, plays One-Eyed Jimmy, and he disappears. Love him. So this guy comes back. He's like a local—this is in shot in Red Hook, right? Mm-hmm. Guy comes back, and he's been to f- film school in California, but he's from the hood, and he's making a documentary, doc, I can't even talk, documentary about the neighborhood. Abilba. And this whole search for One-Eyed Jimmy. Just watch it. It's, I would it's love to funnier watch. than hell. <clears throat> Where'd you get it? Uh, it's, it was free. I think we watched it on Hulu. Hulu, yeah. Hulu is lighting up the screen. The only man. thing with Hulu is, you know, we've got the cheap account, so you get like four advertisements yep. during yeah. the whole movie. Yeah, but, but, it, okay. but it's still okay. Not a problem. I mean, but the cast is <clears throat> phenomenal, and this is Polly Walnuts. This was before The Sopranos. This was ninety three or ninety four. Hmm. He was so phenomenal. And John Turturro, it's just, it's such a. He has such great characters. He, I think, his character's name is Disco Don. Disco Don. And he dances by himself, practicing in storefronts. That's his deal. Polly Walnuts was one of my favorite things about The Sopranos. Yeah. I will tell you when he, and I think it was Christopher. Went to Starbucks, and he kept calling it butt the whole time he was there. And he goes, hey, sons of bitches stole everything from the Italians, and they know it. He reaches over and steals a coffee pot. Well, he's got a, he's got a minor role in this, and I don't think that he actually him. does a lot of acting. No. I think if you were to meet him face-to-face, that's kind of who the guy well, is. Well, he was in the mob, you know. Yeah, I do know that. He really, in the real life, he was, mm. yeah. So I don't know. You know what's amazing about that whole mob deal? We're watching uh, McMillions mm-hmm. about the guy. These guys that ripped off McDonald's, McDonald's twenty-four yeah. million bucks. Uh, Jerry Colombo. And this guy's a you know the Colombo family, a huge, huge, big time ma- mafia family in New York, right? Jerry Colombo is running the mafia. Where the hell ever he was, I don't know. I can't remember. He was in the Carolinas or I don't know where the hell he was, but he was somewhere. They go to his house. It's like a dump. <laughs> you think. So you kill people, rip people off, steal everything in sight, and this is the best you can live? Is this shithole? Well, he's probably smart enough not to show off. I mean, yeah, that's but this what, place that's was what got Gotti, right? And by the way, holy Christ, the missus, a little scary looking, I'll tell mm-hmm. you that. Not so good. Uh, I would say... She might be a trophy wife, doesn't mean she was first place. That's right. Uh, and I'm not kidding. You know, her face looks exactly like... Grandpa from the Munsters. Oh, no. <laughs> she looks like Grandpa from the Munsters. I'm like, oh, So this is Christ. the other side of Tom's theory that women have gotten more beautiful and they're all yeah, stunning. Yeah, yeah. Except happened? for mafia women. <laughs> whatever happened, I don't know. But what women have. I was surprised this morning. A couple of people on the show did not think that uh, Kellyanne Conway is a pretty woman. She's pretty. I mean, Nancy Pelosi's 80. She's yeah. a pretty woman. Well, I think in both those cases, they're kind of polarizing people, and sometimes yeah. well, you're still if you don't looking. like the personality, it can kind of 
conflict true. with how you view them. Yeah, but you know what's amazing about that? I pointed that out too because Catherine and I watched an episode, the the latest episode of Will and Grace. And I don't like Deborah Messing. I don't like her politics. No, I, like, I don't like person. the way she runs it. She's not a good person at all. I don't care for her. I usually don't care for her character. She played Lucille Ball last night. Nailed it. I really? Mean, I can phenomenal. see that. Phenomenal. She was so good. So even if I can't stand the person, if they're good, they're good. Okay, How yeah, can you deny right. you them it. that? Yep. It's like the Alec Baldwin argument. Yes, Exactly. You know, the guy's a hell of a talent, the prick of the first order. <laughs> He's gotten away with murder. Oh, has he ever. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Remember when Danny no Baldwin? No kidding. I, I get, mean, captured I, on camera so many times. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got to reach out to Danny Baldwin. We haven't had on in a while, but he, God, when we had him on, because he always called me Barnes. Hey, Barnes, you know, let me just tell you something. Let me tell you something about my brothers. You know, they're good guys. Steven's a good guy, and they're all good guys. But let me tell you something about Alec. That dumb bastard would go run his mouth out in the neighborhood, and every <laughs> night I'd have to go kick someone's ass to save him. <laughs> it was phenomenal. You have to go save his brother. I don't know. It all works out in the end. So Timmy, yeah, Midway... Uh, 1917. We we watched a movie called The Night Clerk. It's about an autistic clerk at a hotel. Oh. I, Kath and I loved it. Got horrible ratings from the uh, from the uh, critics, but the viewers loved it. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand. I, I just think so many, I think critics take it too personally yeah, sometimes maybe. now. Of course, this morning I was ripping the hell out of Kristen Stewart because I think she's a horrible actor. Oh, she's and terrible. I, suppose, I don't know if that's personal. That's just my observation. But I do think that, yeah, there's a certain agenda that some people go in with. And I, I don't understand. Is there anybody in it of note? Uh, no, not really. There, I don't know anybody who's in it. I Let's will tell see. you that. Starring <clears throat> Ty Sheridan, Anna Armas. Oh, John Leguizamo. Oh, that's right. John Leguizamo's in it. He plays oh, the cop in it. He's really good. Helen Hunt. Oh, all these people are. Well, yeah. I mean, Anna yeah. Diarmas. I think is she was in Knives Out. She's like the next oh, big thing. Okay. Uh, Ty Sheridan. I certainly know him. I know all the people in it. You know, a lot of times too, it really just comes down to distribution and. Yeah, that's true. You know, if it's an independent film, I mean, you're not going to get a chance to get it into a lot of theaters or whatever. So. But I, I have to squeeze in the mention because uh, I did uh, let Catherine know and, and, and Doug and, and Mike Bryant of this movie, a documentary on Amazon called uh, Rain Man Twins. Oh, I definitely want to see that. Yep. Oh, God, yeah. And, and again, it's an autistic savant, uh, these two women, uh, well, twins, uh, who have this uncanny, uncanny ability to remember every song when it came out, yep. who did it, blah, 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 from the 60s and 70s, uh, what meal they ate on what day, what day of the week was this certain date, even before they were born. I mean, it's just, it's utterly amazing. And the big tease for you, Tom, is there's a guy in there that they, port, well, he, uh, well, I'll just tell you, it's Dick Clark. Yeah. <laughs> and Dick Clark has a, a, a history. But his relationship with these two women will change the way that you look at Dick Clark. Really? It's amazing. Well, that's good. It's amazing. I don't want to tell you too much more, 
but he's a principal part of it. Because you have to remember the reason that they got to know him and they got to know a lot of different um, radio station personalities was because of their knowledge of music. So they were friends. A lot of people were so endeared to these women, or maybe still are. I don't know. It's hard to find information on them now, but um, they're so endeared to them because their music knowledge was unbelievable. So they became friends with a lot of people in the industry, which is really cool. It is amazing. Could you explain to me, Dick Clark, did he have the biggest ego of any living human? He's calling um, right now, as a matter of fact. That's yeah, it's Dick Clark. Dick, yeah, hold Dick on, on one. Here. Dick on one, literally. Dick on one. No, um, you know, he certainly, I mean, I know you probably have a lot more knowledge of uh, him than I do, but, you know, his whole deal was, was it the payola thing? Yeah, the big payola deal that he dumped on somebody else. Another guy. Was it? Uh, Ronnie Graham was the guy's mm-hmm. name. He went to prison instead of uh, Dick Clark. Dick dumped it all on him. Wow. And Ronnie, went, I, I talked to Ronnie about it several times, went to prison. So I don't know. But the thing about Dick Clark, so he has a stroke, <clears throat> which causes a pe- uh, speech impediment in the last year of his life, but he couldn't give up the limelight. And I remember American Bandstand and all these other things he did with Ed McMahon and, you know, the blooper stuff that he did with Ed I thought was funny and it was fun to watch. But my only memory of Dick Clark now was that last New Year's Eve yeah. show he did where yeah, he goes like this. Terrible. He goes, It's like, oh, Dick, what are you doing, yeah. man? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I can understand... Part of that being, you know, look, people, I'm making a comeback. You can't yeah. let this thing. You know, I think he was, you know, it was part of an ego, probably. You know, I mean, obviously, you can't be on the air for as long as he did and not feel a tremendous loss. Yeah, that's true. After something like that happens. But I, I'm hoping that part of that also had to do with the fact that he wanted to show people, like, look, I'm, I'm trying to come back here. Right. Um, and, and actually, his stroke is uh, does come into play during this documentary. Um, but again, I won't tell you about it, but it's only about 50 minutes long. So again, I it really, you know, some people do things for people just so, okay, look, at there's a picture of me doing this for somebody. Right. And uh, they, they let you know about it. Well, this went far, far beyond that. So again, you know, whatever bad things I might have heard about the guy yep. over the years, it, it's it's amazing how a documentary like this that, you know, I just stumbled upon it, literally stumbled upon it on Amazon, just really opens your eyes to the goodness that people do. And yes, they talk about the ugliness too. I mean, how these women were ridiculed in school when people mm-hmm. didn't understand them, and uh, so. Yeah, it, it's really an amazing thing, and, and uh, yeah, Dick Clark, as far as the ego is concerned, you know, he really did build an empire, I mean, with uh, Dick Clark Productions and the Golden Globes and all these things that he had his hands in. So, yeah, I would imagine you need an ego to run that sort of thing. So Yeah, I suppose that's true. I mean, again, I, 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 you can't, I, yeah, he did this thing with the payola thing. It sounds really, really bad, and I haven't read too much into it. But I know, I know you, I've heard you talk about it before, too. So you're, certainly people are aware of this part of his history. Yeah. Oh, there's no question about that. All right, we've got to take a break. We'll be back with the family.
Tom Bernard here, and with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website that one of your bankers has worked with a customer for more than 30 years. It's a long time for any business relationship. Is that common? Not only 30 years, but two generations. Our great client, Northland Fastening Systems. 30 years is definitely not common for a lot of bankers, but Brad has developed a relationship with that trusted customer that has allowed them to show steady growth every year they've been together. Building the relationship of trust is what we do best. It allows us to make quick deals that benefit them and all of our business customers. The cool thing is that it gives us a chance to be more than your banker, hopefully a partner, and maybe even a friend. I have never liked you, by the way. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience? Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Thanks, friend. And you are? <laughs> Real nice. Chuck Nabla. <laughs> Chuck Nabla. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself, and with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020 and let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. That's fine. Do 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 do. What do you think of that action? I have something on my screen on my computer that I can't get rid of and I don't know how the hell I'm going to do the show if I can't get rid of it. So I don't know what to tell you. I got a fun, funny Jeopardy story. Did you watch it yesterday? I know we didn't watch Jeopardy yesterday. So they, they they've got do. the collegiate kids on, and the question was this: uh, What color barrier was broken? Uh, who broke the color barrier in baseball on April Fourteenth, nineteen forty-seven? I'm guessing is the date, but you know who it is, right? Jackie Robinson, right? Young Asian gal and smart as a whip, Babe Ruth. In that was her 37? answer. <laughs> no, no, that that she thought I mean, that she thought that Babe Ruth was black. She did. Yeah. Oh my god! Alex really? is trying hard not to laugh. He's mm, like, <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But and you know, nineteen-year-old gal went to a virus site basically. Well, it was Newser. That's great to know. Yeah, you should stop going to Newser forever. I would say. I would say so. My God, is destroyed my goddamn computer. Yeah, this is. I, I just can't not believe this. Good. So, what should I do? Um. Honestly, don't know right now. Can't so I can't use a computer at all. Not really. Not for now. God, I hate this goddamn garbage they sell. Is this? Oh, it's highly advanced. All it does is allow filth into your life. Can you bring it up anywhere else? Bring right up here. The, if you give me the, the information, I got. I got one. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. Email you it? Sure. So is it now filtering through all my... my? No, it's just... It's fine. It tried to break through, but it didn't get through? Kind of. All right. Sorry about that, but it just... that, that I, I, I've told people this many, many times before. I've talked about this many times before. Sent. 
I do think that digital is the most overrated garbage on earth. It just is. It allows far too much access to your life. They listen to you on your phone now. They have to mess with everything you do on your computer. If you got Alexa, they're listening to you there too. I just, I literally, once I get to the point, if I ever do retire, I will remove everything digital from my house for the rest of time. It is by far the most overrated garbage on earth. They can't even protect your buyers. Matter of fact, they help the other people. Isn't that amazing? Where'd you, where'd you send it, Andy, to my Walzer account? Um, something like that. He sent it to panda.com. That's where it went. It went to... <clears throat> it starts with DS. As in Doug Sprinthal? Well, that could, every, every, I hand out my Walzer account all, night, oh, all yes, the time. It's, it's at the Walzer. Yep. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Okay. There you go. Doug Sprinthal. Cut, and you're right there, and it took that long to get it all the way across the desk. Yep. <clears throat> well, this ought to be interesting because the morning show is done on this computer, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real okay, happy about it. I don't know what to tell you. It's just the whole thing is. Anyway, uh, so basically we start. So they're going to call us back, Andy? No, he's on. Oh, I'm so got it. Here I am bitching about stuff, and I, we have a guest on. My fault, sir. Are you having? Are you having a tough day? <laughs> oh, I'm just telling you, honest to God, I am so tired of of whether it's like I yep. said, Alexa or this or your computer or whatever. People, garbage people being able to just reach out and affect your life. It's amazing is that really screaming old. free Russian porn, you'd run into those problems. Yeah, you'd think so. It's unbelievable. No, you know what <laughs> yeah. I did, actually? I clicked on yeah. a story about Jason Momoa, and that's what happened. Wow. It was just a story on Newser that well, I clicked I'm on. I'm not even going to ask why you clicked on that. But, uh... <laughs> on Jason Momoa? Babe Ruth? Oh, yeah, did you hear the Babe Ruth story? I did. I was just sitting here listening to you guys. It's... It, it's mind-boggling. I, well, I, you know, it's I, I've become hooked on Jeopardy because there's nothing to do I than sit around Jeopardy. the house and watch Alex Trebek be kind of smarmy. Right. And they have the Collegiate series, and these yeah. these kids are just blindingly brilliant. And for this gal to make a, a, a miss that 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 wide, I mean, Alex's face was just priceless. You know, Don uh, Don Winslow is our special guest right now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, broken, the name of the book, but Don, I got to tell you something. Uh, what happened to uh-huh. you just reminded me of something when I was a teenage boy. Okay, uh, I'm at yeah. home by myself, uh, you know, just hanging out, all the rest of it. <clears throat> I get this phone call from one of the neighborhood people, right? And this guy starts running his mouth about how he's going to do this and that, and if I, you and your friends ever come around, blah blah. So I start lighting this guy up at the top of my lungs, calling him every name in the book. And I said, if I ever see you, I'm going to tear your ass apart. I'll beat you to pulp. I'll look up and my mother is standing at the door. I'm like, whoops, sorry, Uh Mom. I didn't know you were at home. (laughs) Whoops, it was was kind of a mistake. But in any case, let's get down to business. No matter how you come into this world, you come out broken. Oh, Well, that's good news. I guess I fit right in, Well, Don. I was going to tell you a story about... Uh, I'm sorry? I said, I guess I fit right into the I had book. Robert De Niro phone, I had Robert De Niro phone me one time. And uh, I pick up the phone, and I hear, uh, Don Winslow, this is Robert De Niro. And I said, yeah, this is Tinkerbell. And I thought, <laughs> so how'd that go? But it was Robert De Niro. 
uh, yeah, it went well, actually. It went great. We had a real nice talk. But, but later, I, I, I had volunteered at the local high school to direct the local high school play, and I had to go to open up the doors, right? So I had to tell Robert De Niro, you know, perhaps our greatest actor, that I had to go to direct a high school musical. So there you go. Well, yeah, hey, you got to do what you got to do, right? You do, man. It's a commitment. It's a commitment. You got to get it done. Anyway, I interrupted you. No, you did not. No, you did not. Not at all. I want to hear about Broken. That's what I want to hear about. All right. What would you like to know? I'm just looking at it. It seems like I could have fit into your book after today. You know? I've come away broken. I just want you to know that. I've come away broken, Don. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um yeah, you know, it's a, it's a collection of six novellas. Some of them are, are kind of serious, and others are pretty comic. And uh, I just, you know, hope people like them. Well, of course, they, I don't think there's any question about What inspired you to do this, Don? For about the past 20 years, I've been writing mostly pretty long books, you know, kind of epic in scope and six, 700-page tomes. Uh, and during that time, I'd, I'd had some ideas about stories that I knew were more substantive than short stories, but they they weren't epic in scope. You know, they took place over the course of a few days and in one location. And so I thought I'd try that kind of middle length, you know, and, and see if it had legs. I'd been reading Stephen King's novellas and mm-hmm. Jim Harrison's novellas, and I thought, yeah, I'll give it a try, and we'll see. Don, do you think that novellas are the, the are the future? Because I hear so many people now telling me, you know, I used to because I love to read books. I I love to hold the book in my hand, though. I'm you know not much of you know reading it online. I love to hold the book in my hand, but I hear from so many people. Almost everybody I talk to now, they say, "God, you're reading a book, man. How do you have time to do that?" I love to read, but I can't do it. I think most stories are going to have to be broken down into parts, uh, just like that that you're going to have to deliver novellas because people would have the time, or at least the confidence they'll have time, to read your novella. Yeah, maybe. You know, but I've, I've heard about the novel being dead since long before I've been writing the sure. past 30 years now. Right. You know, and, I, you know, when Bach and Gronk went out and they killed a mastodon, you know, the very next thing they did was <laughs> tell the story about it. And and the story's been with us forever, and it's always going to be with us. And, and does it do some shape-shifting from time to time? Yeah. You know, what I hear increasingly are people saying, I don't have time to read, I listen to audiobooks when right. I'm driving. <clears throat> right. Uh, and, and so, yeah, okay, I mean, I'm with you. I'm kind of a Luddite, you know. I like holding that book. Mm-hmm. But I have noticed, like on airplanes, remember when we used to be on airplanes? And stuff? <laughs> Um, that, yes. that I'm in the minority, <laughs> you know, that everyone's on that phone doing everything. And and I'm sitting, you know, on that airplane with, with a book, you know, and, and I feel really old. But Yeah, I suppose but, that is you true. You know, I, I don't think so. You know, and, I, and I think in some ways, like the, the television series that are running right now, are kind of the novels of our day. People have no problem committing to watching, you know, 200 hours of Game of Thrones or, you know, and they, they binge watch. Uh, and so we'll see if that kind of mentality transfers back to the novel at some point. I, but I, I'm not going to stop writing long books. No, why would you? <clears throat> I wouldn't if I were you, I'll tell you that. We're talking to Don Winslow about his latest 
broken. Um, it, it's, you know, as a matter of fact, kind of as a coincidence, Don, I just, I don't know if you've ever read any John D. McDonald. He was a big writer in the... God, oh, of course. 60s, yes. 60s, pretty much. Huge inspiration. I got on... Yep, oh. I'm standing here looking at a shelf of his books. Really? Now, isn't the, yep. is, is he the one that had the color in all the titles? No. The color, sure. Yeah, yeah. It was like yeah, the yeah. Red Sea yeah, the and the Deep Blue. Yeah, he does. Blah, blah, yeah, he does. Yeah. You know, like Sue Craft, and it was always yep. alphabetical, and he was always yep. colors, right? Yeah, he did a lot of colors. But yeah, by coincidence, Don, because I didn't know you were going to be on, but about two weeks ago, uh, there and he wrote, I don't even know how many books, but there are 24 of them that they're considered to be really near masterpieces, if not yep. masterpieces, and I ordered all 24 of them. They just wow. showed up at the house yesterday. Did you really? Yeah, I did. I love to read. It's, you know, because well, you add your own spin on what you're reading, and I love that about reading books. Absolutely. Now, he was one of the first guys that I read when I first started thinking about doing this. Good. And, and every day has a theme, right? But I was on an airplane, a very bumpy, awful flight, you know, one of the little planes from, like, Newark. And there was a guy sitting next to me, an Air Force sergeant, and he was reading a John D. McDonald book. And I said, you know, who's that? And he turned me on to him. And then I just I read him absolutely all of them. Love them. Love the books. It's you been guys years. dig him. Have you either of you read uh, James Lee Burke? Yes, I have. Absolutely. Well, you didn't have the to producer hang up. Oh, disconnected. the producer just hung up on him? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Oh, well. No, that's fine. We, you know, that's cool. It'll all work out in the end. But I liked him. He was, I didn't realize he was on when I was railing on about digital. <laughs> but that's all right, because it's what I truly feel. Um, the point we were making there, and I, I can just finish it off quickly with you guys, is that's why I don't like audiobooks, because I don't project myself into the story. Yeah. You can't mm. do that when somebody's reading it to you. That's true. You know, I suppose maybe somebody can, but I can't. I can't do that. So when I, you know, you kind of picture yourself in the story when you're reading yeah. the words off the page. I love that. And you make up how the people sound in your mind. You yeah. do, absolutely. Well, the one thing, at the very beginning, uh, I was supposed to be one of the first people to read an audiobook. Oh, I got really? hired, and I was supposed to be the voice of Al Capone, oh, right? Oh, boy. So I was going to be the, it was a, in Chicago, shock of the century, and they're going to write a book about Al, Al Capone. Or he wrote a book about Al Capone, and I was going to be Al Capone in it. And then at the last minute, the publisher didn't like the fact that I had such a – he said Al Capone did not have a raspy voice, right? So he didn't want me to do it. So I got uh, fired, and they hired a new guy. You ought to hear this thing. Let me just tell you guys something. I'm going to come down there and do some real damage. Like, really? Oh, That's who you went with? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I can't – picture in my because to me al capone sounds like ben gazzara because that's who played him in the movie (laughs) it's one of those deals i know that you didn't like it i thought boardwalk empire was just spectacular but the guy that played al capone he was scary i mean and he's a little dude but he's just a psycho and i can't remember the actor's name he did a great job yeah yeah that guy's really good yeah he's god what is his name in uh, what was it called? Uh, Boardwalk, Boardwalk Empire. Empire. He Empire. is a really good actor. Because, you know, it starts when he w- he came back from World War One basically, mm-hmm. and started the, right. the mob show in Chicago. And then, well, he started out in, in New York. And then, that's, right, that's right. And then they finally said, you need to get out, go away. And they gave him Chicago. Oh, God, Stephen just, Graham. Stephen that's Graham. That's the guy, yeah. That's who played mm-hmm. him. Yeah, he's phenomenal. He's Which is really, funny because really he was born in um, Kirkby, Lancashire. 
Really? Really. Yes. He's a British guy. And his paternal father was Jamaican, and one of his grandmothers was Swedish. <laughs> okay. So pretty well. much as far from Al Capone as you can possibly yeah. get. You can pretty much tell any racial joke he yeah, wants and really. get away with it. I remember watching a show when I was a little, little boy. So this would have been about 1956, 57, something like that. Uh, somewhere in there, maybe maybe 60, I don't know. I was at the most nine years old. I know that. And there was a woman on I've Got a Secret, which was a TV game show. I remember that show, show. Yeah. yeah. Right, I've Got a Secret. And her secret was when she was a little girl, she they went and stayed at a hotel in Miami, and she was swimming in the pool, and this man came over and said, uh, let me teach you a couple of things about how to swim. Let me, te- let me teach you how to swim properly because you're just doing a couple of things wrong. So he taught me how to swim. I've been a great swimmer since then. That man was Al Capone. Oh, wow. Huh. Al Capone taught her how to swim. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> That'd be a little. Hey, you're See, doing it wrong. <laughs> Whoops. Not to pitch one eye Jimmy too hard, but I just remembered another I guy do, that's in I'll it. I'll watch it this weekend. Ray Boom Boom Mancini. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I love Ray Mancini. Is he still around? I, I don't know. I don't know if he is or not either. And he doesn't play like a fighter. He just plays one of the guys in the hood, although he does uh, kind of beat up John Turturro's little brother. Who's just oh, he this does? punk. He doesn't really beat him up, but Turturro's brother gets up, and he's got these really kind of garish gold glasses on, you know, from the 90s. Right. And he goes, hey, look what happened. You, you messed up my glasses, and these are subscription. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I've got to take a break. We'll be right back. With part three, the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin, is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. The break between parts one and two. I'm going to do it right now. I just have to do this. Um, music. There you go. I can't hear anything. My mic's not working. I can't hear anything. I can hear you oh, fine. Oh, there it got turned off accidentally. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Sorry about that. When I set him down, I must turn him off. Andy's fixing my computer because some mm-hmm. filthy pig scumbag tried to break it and steal all my information. Because people, some people are filthy pig scumbags. Those darn Republicans. Yes, that's who it was, I'm sure. <laughs> the it was GOPs. a guy. A Republican from India. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, where do, you know, speaking of that, where do most of the, the thefts come from? I, mean, I know there are a lot in, like, Nigeria, apparently. You mean data, like, like data tr- theft? Trojan stuff? Yeah. A lot of that comes out of Russia. Of, and, yeah, and I suppose. China, China, China and, and, and North like, Korea and India. So basically the entire Eastern Hemisphere is a bunch of scumbags. Is that what we're saying? I don't know if the West is a whole lot better, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
everybody specializes in their particular forte when it comes to crime. So, Andy, the reason they do that is they want to try to get your banking information or something? Pretty so, much. Oh, that's what it is? Yep. So well, I would have had to open that in order for them to get my banking information. You would have had to put it in, yeah. Put it in, yeah. So it's to do people who don't know better, so they put in their <clears throat> account information thinking that it's an official message. Oh, because it did say Microsoft. The me- they said the message is from Microsoft. Yep. And this is the kind of thing Newser puts on their site. Yeah, I, I'm done with Newser if that's what they do. Yep. Why would they put that on their site? Well, they probably don't know, they, but they just it means they don't have very good security practices. They're they not. probably well, they probably just you know anyone who says, "Hey, I'll advertise on your site," yep. they just immediately say, "Oh yes. yeah." So now all you got to do is sign back into Gmail, and then you should be good. All right. And then, yeah, use Chrome or yeah, Chrome. Use Chrome there. down there, okay. Mm-hmm. And watch this will be. Nope, that's not it. Yeah, it'll change. I've changed everything. You guys, I'll do this while you guys are talking. I Go got ahead. hacked once when I was on my work computer, and we had been doing a lot of ads on the morning show for Help Wanted. You know, we go in those phases, and we'll try to help out the recruiting department. And somebody, and I'm usually pretty careful about this stuff, but somebody sent me an email, and it said resume, and there was an attachment. So I just it just was resume. a coincidental txt. deal. Resume.txt.exe? Something, eh, I don't think it was an execute deal, but I, can't, I don't remember what the extensions were. But I opened it up, and all of a sudden it started taking over and encrypting every file yep. on my laptop. Ransomware, yeah. So I ripped the battery out of it, and I went over to our IT department, and I told them what happened. And they all look at me like, you're such a dumb bastard. But they managed to clean it up. They get they saved ninety eight percent of the files. I said, "Can you tell me how you did that?" And he goes, "No, <laughs> no, <laughs> not I really. I'm not going to tell you. I cannot tell you anything." And like you know, work. even though we're a, a fairly big corporation and we have our own um, uh, file uh, saving system on a separate server, I'm doing the stupid stuff and I'm keeping really important files to me just on mm. my laptop. I'm like, yeah, I know better than to do that. Well, the good news is it's nearly impossible for them to just take your files now. The best they can do generally is something like they'll encrypt it right. and then that's they'll what, say, that's give me money. That's what it started to do. Yeah. It was a ransomware deal yeah. where they encrypt your the, files. That's and... the new thing because it doesn't require any outbound communication, right. which Windows is very good at blocking that kind of thing now. Okay, I have a question for you guys. Is there any story on MSN.com I shouldn't click on? Do they all have stories like that? No, MSN should be fine. That, I, I would think I so. read them fairly often, and I've never run into any junk. Now, that being said, you never know. But You do never know. All, okay. A lot of news sites are – some of them, I remember when we first started the show, I thought I'll not use an ad blocker because it's a business and, you know. Yeah. You know, it might as well be uh, as up and up as you can. But the first time I tried going to a news site, it loaded so many ads that my computer froze. There weren't malicious <laughs> ads. Yeah. There just were so just many. so many yeah. that my yeah. brand new $1,500 work computer that I built couldn't even handle it. So you can't not use an ad blocker. There's just no way. It's yeah, sad, otherwise they true. overrun you. That's true. They, they, you know, one thing I do like about, about MSN, too, uh, is they put up local news. You they know, do. They have a nice local news. I section. like that. Yeah, they're nice. They have a nice local news segment, and I don't see really anything. They have an entertainment. They got. Yeah, this is a much better site than. News is just a Speaking piece of crap. Speaking of local news, political. I was really 
really happy. I think the news came out Monday or Tuesday that the Minnesota House and Senate got together and passed that legislation limiting the cost of insulin. Well, all the crap that's going on in the, yeah, the country agree. and the state right now, it was nice to see him pull you know, the oars in the same direction and get that done. That's just, that, well, that was good. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's wonderful. Uh, oh, you know who's, who's probably going to come on the show? Uh, I know we're going to have him on the morning show, from what I understand, but Secretary of State Steve Simon. Oh, really? Yeah, apparently he's a big fan of the show. Hmm. Cool. Which I've never met him. Uh, I know people that know him. But uh, I think people are starting to understand. Maybe they actually understand that I'm actually a centrist rather than the far right well, they think I am. He, here's the thing that I think would confuse politicians. At one point they tune in and you go, well, Ryan Winkler, you're great. Get off your ass and get this pot thing done. I love you. You should run for governor. <laughs> and then you follow it up with all politicians are scumbags. <laughs> I, well, okay, so I'll just say 99% from now on. Should I just go with 99% from now on? Uh, Jimmy Francis is trying to call. Oh, Jimmy Francis. I love Jimmy Francis. What number should he call? Um, it would be best to call him, but technically, well, I guess, as long as I know, you know he's what? coming. I've got his number. Yeah, text it to me, and I can yeah. give him a call. Here, we'll call Jimmy. Uh, i got to find it. Jimmy Crackhorn, as I like to call him. I'll just, he's a politician. Political figure. Uh, He's a politician. Right yeah, they might as well. Just. All politicians are the worst. That's all I have to say to Jimmy Francis. Is it right on cue? <laughs> there it is. Now, you know, have they ever noticed I say that about everybody? Like, all men are a pain in the ass. Yeah. I do kind of uh, say those guys. You do. Now, what I, area code? I tend to generalize. 651. That's the one I circled right in the middle oh, of the page. Okay, I see it now. I get it. Stand by. Uh, you know who you are. You know what's hilarious? I literally clicked on a Jason Momoa story. The exact same story is appearing on MSN. How Jason Momoa and his kids stay are, are staying fit in quarantine. So it's a story about him and his kids. Oh. And that's what I clicked on. Went somebody over to that went filthy crazy. Pig piece of crap. So you don't think it? Well, this is from Men's Health, though. So I know that's not going to happen. So that's cool. But yeah, I mean, it's you try to click on a story, you go, "Hey, this would be nice." A guy spending time with his children. Yeah. We'll talk about a guy spending time with his children. Oh no, we're going to try to steal your information. He is patched through. You know, the disaster is Jimmy Francis. I'm the guy. <laughs> I'm the guy. How are you, Jimmy? Good, Tom. How are you? Magnificent. I'm finding out. You know, I got to be honest with you. And I don't know about Mr. Simon, you know, the Secretary of State. I, I've never met him, uh, but I've heard he's a great guy. But I'm finding out a lot of people, uh, I don't know how much, you know, Mr. Simon leans either way. He's probably pretty centrist being the Secretary of State, I would think. Uh, maybe you lean a little left. But I found a lot of of politicians who lean not way left, but lean left are big fans of the morning show and this show. I didn't know that. I just found that out last night, as a matter of fact. Well, maybe more so now because they are essential and they're on the road, so they're probably listening where a lot of people haven't been. Oh, good point. You know, so maybe now they're more because they can get in. They can hear you now. Well, that's a good point. So what's <laughs> happening with you, Jimmy? Oh, I, I'm actually calling because Carl's been bugging me to get, to get you on to tell a joke. Oh, so, I miss Carl's joke so much when he's not on, I can't even tell you. All right, well, hold on. We'll get him. All right, thank you. Carl Franklin, ladies and gentlemen, one of the great joke tellers of all time. Hello, Tom. Carl, how are you, sir? I've missed you now that I'm not doing the commute you're not, any longer. You're not doing the commute any longer? No, I had to, they, I'm not essential, so they... Oh, that's right. 
work anymore. Well, they won't let me drive the Uber, see? So that's part of the problem. Now, you, now uh, Carl, how much younger are you than Sid Hartman? About 10 years. Okay, so you're 90 driving an Uber. Now we're talking. That works for me, Carl. Yeah, that's a fun time. Say, uh, but you know we're in the nursing home, too, and and uh, they make him wear the masks, mm-hmm. you know? And Al had his mask on, and the nurse came in, and uh, he said to her, he said, asked her if she would check his testicles and see if they were black. And uh, the nurse said, no, no, I don't, I don't do that, Al. I just checked his other things. So she checked his blood pressure and did all the things. And he said again, he said, would you please check my testicles and see if they're black? And she says, you know, Al, I'll, I'll do it, but I'm not supposed to. But So she pulled the sheets back and grabbed his manhood and checked his testicles and put it back and said, no, Al, everything is fine. They're not black. And Al removed his mask, and he said, no, I was asking if you could check to see if my test results are back. (laughs) Okay, Uh, test results are back, my testicles are black, you know, whatever it is. The the masks get in the way today, you can't see any of what people are saying. That's a very good point, Carl, the masks do get... Now, are you wearing a mask when you're out in public, Carl? Yes. Good, because you know, a lot of people in their 80s, 90s, you know, they, you need to protect yourself because a lot of people in the 80s and 90s are getting hit, hit the hardest by uh, all this stuff. So we got to keep you safe because we can't stop hearing those jokes. Yeah, I don't. And also, you never know if I might want to hold the place up. I'm already ready to go. You know, they're not going to see me with a mask on. When I go to Target, you know. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Carl, you know, i got to tell you, every time you call in and say, Tom, do you want to hear a joke? All I think of is the punchline, I bucked one and Tim bucked two. Yeah. I'll never forget that from you, Carl. I will always yeah. remember that that punchline from you. <laughs> you, also, you also love the Freudian slip joke. Oh, the Freudian slip. You know, Charlie's about to sit down. Uh, Charlie, you ever well, talk to Carl Franklin? One, no. of the, one of the great uh, South St. Paul, yeah, you can put the, yeah, very those. wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, Charlie, Carl, Carl, Charlie. Hey, Carl, nice Hello. to meet you. Hi, Charlie. I was going to tell you about uh, uh, the fellow said uh, he went to the ticket counter to get two tickets to Pittsburgh, but the woman had large breasts, so he said, can I get two tickets to Pittsburgh? And... And I told him that was a Freudian slip, you know, it happens. I said, it happened to me. I said, uh, I asked my wife to pass the post toasty oats, but instead what came out was, you miserable bitch, you ruined my life. (laughs) (laughs) This guy's 90 years old, Charlie. Freudian slip. I'm disappointed. I would have assumed you'd asked if you how he felt about three tickets. <laughs> yeah, three tickets. To, yes, exactly. Carl, you're the best in the business. You need to keep calling in with jokes, Carl. I missed you for because I didn't talk to you for about like a year or something. I don't know where you went. Yeah, well, we were in Florida, and this this time got away. But I'm back in action, and we'll talk again. All right, Carl. Thank you, and say say thank you to Jimmy for me too, sir. Toodaloo. Toodaloo. <laughs> I had to say thank you to you what you're doing, getting him on the phone. <laughs> <laughs>
90-year-old Carl Franklin, ladies and gentlemen. He has told me some of the funniest jokes I have ever heard in my entire life. You know, the first time I heard that Tim Buck one joke was at Jack Walzer's place on Lake Minnetonka oh, yeah. about the mid-'80s. <laughs> Jack would love to have cocktails and then tell jokes like that, and he knew a ton of them. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. I love it when people tell me jokes because I don't think there's a joke left that I've I've not heard. See, I, my people problem is really I can't write, remember them. They don't write jokes like that no, so they much anymore. That was definitely like a older generation thing. It's like, you know, the joke, the setup, the punchline. Yeah. Whereas now it's all like one-liners and that kind of thing. It's the downside is really bad when they when you know the joke and they totally screw it up. Yeah, well, you're, you're all excited yeah. for how it's going to go in the reaction, happen. and then it, <laughs> they screw it up. You're like, what? Yeah, I know. Oh yeah. wait, no, that's not the punchline. Yeah. Well, Jesus, thanks. That's yeah, really wonderful. Some people are really they they forget where they're going with the joke. And then it ends up taking like three times as long. Oh, I know. And then they, the punchline. Because half of it's in the timing. Yes. They don't oh, do yeah. the timing oh, yeah. at all right for the punchline. So it's like, oh, that was the joke. One of the few jokes I can remember, and it's one of my favorites, is a Dave Mordahl joke. And I told this to Dave, Mordahl. and he couldn't, he couldn't remember it. So he and his Mordahl son. couldn't remember his own joke? Right. They're traveling across country, and they new. check into a motel, and his Nick is 15 at the time, and. Dave's going to go out and do some shopping, and he's going by the front desk and goes, wait a minute, 15-year-old boy in a hotel room by himself. I'm gone for an hour. Yeah. So he calls the clerk over, and he says, hey, quick question. Is the porn in my room disabled? And he goes, no, it's the regular kind, you <laughs> sick bastard. <laughs> disabled pornography. <laughs> That's not what I meant. That's a good yeah, joke. That is a good joke. You're absolutely right. Uh, but you know what? Joke tellers... Even when they tell, like, totally clean jokes, if you can tell a joke, man, a clean joke can make people laugh, that's an ability to tell a joke. Louis yeah. Anderson. That's yeah, Louis Anderson. Pretty yeah. much all he does. And yeah, he yeah. tells clean jokes. That's Mitch Hedberg. True. Mitch Hedberg. Yeah, he never really went too blue, did he? No. He'd tell drug, drug references was about as bad off yeah. as he'd get. Yeah. He knew a lot about that. Yeah, <laughs> sure did. That. Too much, unfortunately. We will take a break. We're coming back. So you should take over the mic and explain who's here. Oh, yeah. No, we'll do that in 10 minutes. We're really excited to have uh, Charlie Swenson in for Car Selling Secrets. So stick around. We'll be right back after about a five-minute break. Love it.